Hello and welcome everyone to this uh, volume or episode of Croquis. Um, you're listening to Epsilon Radio and we thank you for joining us this evening. Um, for those that have been to the class before, welcome back. And for those who have not tuned in before, welcome to the show for the first time. Welcome to um, Life Drawing uh, from Home or Croquis from Home as it's known here at Epsilon Um so typically, we have a one-hour class. Uh, we take the first 10 minutes of the show to um, give you all a chance to prepare for what we're going to do over the course of the hour. The class is segmented into um, different poses. The first 10 poses are usually one minute, but I thought we can switch it up a bit uh, this week, considering one minute is a bit uh, short, and maybe if you've been joining before, maybe your model, um, who is with you or you yourself, have gotten in the habit, good habits of modeling. So maybe we can switch it to um, five, ten-minute poses. Um, after which we will take a break, um, and then we will start again, and we will go up from there, and we will have four five-minute poses. And then at the end of the class, we will do two 10-minute poses. Um, and for those who have not joined us before, you can always turn that into one 20-minute pose. So we, um, we're happy to have you here. Um, I woke up to snow this morning. So um, begin to think about how snow um, affects uh, the light. Um, obviously, it's not snowing now. It's the evening. It's dark outside. But maybe uh, there's still some snow in the windowsill and think about how that reflects um, the light into the room. Um, you can begin to get your model ready um, and get ready for the model. So the way in which we do that is if you can, you would like uh, your life model or your figure model to not be standing directly on the floor. Um, because the floor is cold when you don't have clothes on. Um, also, it gives you a better drawing angle. Um, I will say that this week, I'm uh, sorry I missed you guys last week. Uh, it was the new year. It was a bit hectic, um, but I'm back. And uh, this week we have a special treat. Um, I actually finally had a chance to do some preparation for this class. Um, the kind of original thought behind this class was that I could read and uh, recite uh, some of art art historic theory about figure drawing and and the like and color and shape um, unfortunately the libraries are closed and I don't actually own any of my old uh, I don't have any more any of my old art history books um, oh before that while you guys are getting ready if you are going to be the model and the drawer um, take this time to find a mirror and get comfortable. Also, make sure that you have a blanket for the model and uh, put this pretty good idea to set them up near some type of heat source if you can. Um, and maybe have a robe ready if you have one or a big blanket so that in between poses um, they can get warm. I think that's the hardest uh, thing uh, other than standing still. Um, keeping warm is very important for life drawing. 
Um, so where was I? So uh, this, so I, the libraries are closed. So what I had to do instead was pick from my own personal library of books, which is very limited. Um, I've moved quite often in the last six years or so. Um, Copenhagen will probably be my final uh, move as far as I, I for the far foreseeable future. Um, but um, as I said, I don't have any of my big, huge textbooks. I didn't travel with those across um, across the ocean. But what I did find, which it can be quite interesting, especially considering we're drawing from home, is I found a uh, book by a 20th century, early 1900 architect um, called Adolf Luce, who is uh, from Vienna. And he had some very interesting theories about um, style and the room and uh, what we should have in our house and how we use materials. Um, so I thought it was relevant um, to the class considering the special part about not doing it at a Epsilon, even though Epsilon is a great place to um, get away and make art. We also enjoy the things in our home. We, we picked out our bed or we got a sofa from a friend or we went down to a uh, stroll and bought a very expensive or classic piece of, I don't know, furniture or uh, we inherited one from our grandmother. Um, we have some candle holder, holders from Elums. Um, we have stuff that we've picked out of the trash one time when we were drunk um, and we got a traffic cone, whatever it is. Uh, if it's in your room, it's in there. You are somehow attached to it. Um, you are somehow uh, in love with it or maybe not in love. Maybe it reminds you of uh, good times. Uh, we're spending so much time at home and I actually heard a good interview um, on another podcast randomly on YouTube about how it's important, especially in these times, that we like the things we have in our home um, because we're spending so much time there. So I thought um, we can talk about the things in our home and we can make that the focus today and the model, uh, uh, not necessarily secondary, but equal to. Um, I think if we draw the furniture and take that into account uh, while we're also giving the model space, uh, it will also help us to get away from representation and maybe a bit closer to drawing the shapes and the figures in the room. Um, we've got circa four minutes of setup, uh, excuse me, three minutes of setup left. And music-wise, so there's a lot of white noise in this, uh, or empty noise, empty space in this show. And that's because um, some people like drawing in silence. Some people like drawing uh, with music in the background. Um, everybody's music taste is unique to themselves. So what I invite you to do is um, play me at a higher volume, listen to my voice, and maybe open Spotify or on your phone or whatever you use in a separate application and maybe play that in the background. If you're on the phone, if you're listening on the phone, you can't do both, but maybe have a computer or a record player or some other way to play music if that's what you choose. Um, but there'll be no music uh, played in this show. Uh, I'm still debating about uh, what sound I can make to uh, let the model know to switch poses. 
Um, I did bring a Christmas bell, but now I don't have it. Um, it's upstairs in the studio and I'm in uh, Epsilon uh, still in em empty Epsilon. It's very colorful um, with the, uh, the light from the snow. Uh, there's a lot of cool colors in here, so it makes a lot of the greens less warm. Um, the yellow is less warm. Um, and anybody that knows about uh, color theory, it doesn't know what color theory is. Uh, it's it's about hues. Um, so when you say yellow is is cool, um, it's opposed to it being warm, obviously. But it means that um, it the undertones of it uh, are closer to the sun. And when it's uh, gray outside, the undertones of the color become closer to moonlight um, is one way of maybe trying to explain it in uh, layman's terms. So model, um, the model can begin getting ready. I hope you got everything set up. Whatever plants or whatever you wanna bring into the room to fill out the room, please feel free to do that. Um, we've got uh, one minute to bay before we start the first first of the two-minute poses this week. Um, and I'll slow down a bit talking uh, so you guys can get ready. But get your pencils out. Um, start thinking about the furniture in the room. Get it in the room. Uh, get the model set up. And then I will instruct the model um, as we begin here in uh, 30 seconds. Um, so, again, I'm going to be reading from uh, Ada Loose his book today and he was um i want to say a revolutionary because there were others that uh, thought in his vein uh, at that time um there was a a counter um let me let the first pose start and then i'll tell you more about adolf Luce and who he is all right so the first pose is starting now um it's going to be two minutes instead of one minute so model kind of settle in. You want to use these first um, poses to stretch the limits of yourself. Um, get comfortable in stretching and being in an awkward position. These first poses are shorter and they're so that you can stretch and find the limits of what you can do. They should be a bit more interesting than the later poses. And um, for the drawer or the seer or the illustrator, um, however you're calling yourself, this is a time for you to see the edges of the paper. So where, where does the, what is the composition going to be uh, in these first drawings and maybe throughout the course? Where are you going to crop them from the knee? Are their feet included in the paper or is there an entire body included on the paper? Um, is there going to be a border around their body? Um, are you just going to cut them off? So think about your intention with these first drawings and figure out how big the head should be on the page. I mean, sometimes we draw the head too small and then we end up with this tiny drawing and the awkward part of the paper because we didn't find the edges of the paper first. Um, sometimes we draw the head too big and we end up cutting off the person at the ankles unintentionally. Um, okay, so 20 seconds to go model on this first pose. And then we're going to switch. And we're only going to do um, five first poses today. Um, I just felt that we should switch it up a bit. The one minute poses were a bit short, I realized. Uh, we can always go back 
um, and we're going to switch now. So model, you can switch. Um, so use these first poses to find the edges. And um, what I like you guys to maybe try to do this week as we're talking about the home and furniture and things we have in our home is uh, draw the things around the model. Um, the The objects in the room are good reference points to they're good reference points to use to find the parts of the body. So where where does the head what it, where's the head in relation to the window? Where's the elbow in relation to the window sill? Where are the knees in relation to the bed? Where is the corner of the room in relation to probably the ankles or the shin um, or the thigh? Um, if they're sitting, same same rules apply. Um, do you have a favorite plant in the room? Are they in front of the plant? Are they behind the plant? Um, what kind of fabric is on your bed if you're in your bed? Um, if for some reason you are, well not if for some reason, but if you are in the model and you're in the bathroom or you're in the washroom, um, it's a bit, it becomes a bit like graph paper in the way that you can uh, skew it, obviously, but you can follow the lines of the tiles and those can mark out, help you measure the size and proportions of your model. So take a second, take these first poses to um, think about all these things. Hopefully you guys are set up. Um, I thank you guys for listening. I can see that you're listening. Um, so thank you for that. Okay, so we're going into another pose now. So model, you can switch. Okay, I shorted you about 10 seconds, but I guess it's okay. Um... Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, the radio is a huge project for us here at Epsilon. Uh, I've said it many times, but it bears repeating again. We really wanted to connect with people in their homes while we are closed. We wanted to keep that connection. Uh, we think of Epsilon more as a community space than a cafe. And the we have obviously all these events and things, but the overarching or the underlying or the base of it all is just community and communication and social activity. So they're just to serve a purpose to get people to interact. Obviously, that's harder now with the rules about being around strangers and having your inner circle and only staying in that inner circle. I mean, you've heard it enough from everybody else. Um, I don't need to repeat it. But having the radio and having something digital is something we can do still to as much as possible connect with you all while you're home um, or in your car or just at the summer house or in your small circle. Okay. I've also got some huge news um, for you guys, um, but I want a full two minutes to talk about it. So I'm going to like wait 10 so in 10 seconds, we're going to switch. The model is going to switch. Um, and then I'll tell you what else is going to be going on. So five, four, three, two, 
one. Okay, model you can switch. Um, and this is, uh, there's only two more, and then we're going to take another break. So I, um, I've been on the radio now for, I guess, about a month, a little less than a month. And uh, I wanted to hear someone else's voice. So I reached out to some very, very, very talented um, artists who, whose practice is based in new drawing and life drawing from all over the world, mostly the, the Western Hemisphere. And they will begin to be guests on the show. So this, this uh, week I'm going to read from a book. Um, the next weeks, um, we haven't locked it in yet, but there will be some guests that uh, focus on life drawing. They teach in other parts of the world, and they're going to come on, talk about their practice. So that should be inspirational, and they're also going to coach you guys through the last of the show. So we're going to take the last 20 minutes of the show, and it'll be uh, partially an interview about their practice, and then some tips uh, and tricks, I guess, or some methods or some thought processes processes, excuse me, that they use uh, in their life drawing practice. So always good to have that. Um, as you guys know, if it was a real class, I explained in the first episode, there'd be almost no talking. Post-college, um, just casually when you go to the community center or you go to uh, an art meetup and you take a life drawing class, there's probably not going to be any instruction or talking, but obviously this is radio. And we need to engage in some way. Um, yeah, so that's big news. Uh, so look for that, the next episodes. Uh, I think it's going to be good for us um, to do. And I think it's going to be great. All right, so five. Do we have five? Two seconds, one second. Okay, and now this is going to be the last of the um, two-minute poses. So this is the last of the warm-up poses. Um, and really, hopefully by now you found your composition or beginning to feel like maybe you have the base now. Where's the stuff in the room? Uh, how big do you need to draw the model's head? Uh, how long are their arms? Um, where's their belly button? Whatever it is, like where, where, what is the edges of your paper or your canvas? And uh, for the model, what are the edges of, or the limitations of you? Were you able to stay still? Um, were you able to do a really cool curvy pose? Were you able to? I mean, I think a lot of, excuse me, a lot of models um, default to um, yoga poses. That's completely fine. Um, yeah. I hope you guys, you guys know how I feel about Superman poses and mirror poses. So hopefully there was none of that model. Um, Superman poses is where you stand uh, with your feet shoulder width apart and you put both hands on your hip. Um, that's that's not very nice um, or fun to draw. It's, it's good for Superman, but it's not good for the models in this class. Um, and then mirror poses are some is a cheap, safe trick that um, that's uh, no bueno in these classes. Um, and mirror poses are those that um, you just shift your weight from one leg to the other and switch the arm. So you, know, you stand in a contrapposto, which is your weight leaning to on your left side with your left leg straight and your arm on your right hip. And then when I say switch, you switch the weight to your right leg and bend your 
left leg and put your hand on your hip. Um, so that's the last of the poses. This is a break. So if you are a good host, um, you want to take care of your muse. Um, make sure that they're warm right now. Get them warmed up. Um, if you're the model, start like massaging your arms and your legs. Um, there's longer poses to come. Um, if you're the host, maybe give them some tea. Uh, place them near the heater. Um, give them a blanket. Give them a robe. Um, ask them if they're comfortable. Uh, this is this is a time to do that. If you're the drawer, um, think about was it comfortable for your neck actually? Was was it comfortable for your neck while you were drawing? Because that's going to be a problem later on because you're not allowed to move in the middle of a pose. So the model can't move and you can't really move your head if you if you shouldn't move your head basically. I mean, obviously you're moving your arms and your hands cause you're drawing, but your chin and your neck and the, the placement and your, your, excuse me, your, um, your situation should be the same. So don't hunch over more. Don't lean back more. Don't, uh, tilt your head to the right. Don't tilt your head to the left. It's very important when we get into these longer poses, um, that you remain, um, in sync, um, with, uh, with the, uh, with the model. Um, yeah, so for the model, think about, um, I mentioned it before, but in German, there's a word called bow, um, which is, um, a kind of prefix or for anything that's built. It, it stands for your your stomach, the center of your body. It also stands for a bow marked, which is a building. Um, so it's kind of a general term for the structure of your body. And it's about having a good, strong center. Um, and this isn't yoga and this isn't Pilates or whatever. So I'm, whatever, you're not, we're not doing that. But keep that in mind. Keep that in your head. Like my bow, like I should be comfortable in my center. If my center is, is comfortable, if my base is good, everything else will follow. Um, and that the same goes for, for drawing. Um, so yeah, the, um, so we're going to have guests also, I should get back to, uh, Adolf Luce. Um, I began to talk about the book I'll be reading from, um, during our last poses today. So Adolf Luce was a architect based in uh, Vienna uh, turn of the mm, turn of the 19th century yeah late late uh 19th century early um early 1900s uh post industrial revolution so a lot of new materials and there began this movement also in Denmark Denmark it came a bit later um it was a bit earlier in Vienna and in Germany um Denmark I think it came I want to say the 30s 40s ish like when you start getting uh modern design you get your uh your clint uh your car clint and i know i'm not pronouncing his name correct but uh forgive my danish pronunciation so before that the predecessor to that is uh it happening in vienna and germany um and adolf luce was kind of tired of ornamentation he's famous for being tired of ornamentation so what he would, uh, what he wanted removed was uh, anything that didn't um, 
further the function of an object. So if you think about the time, you're, there was a lot of references to classical Italian design, um, you know, your Renaissance stuff. So every fountain is, uh, I don't know, it's Zeus fighting a mermaid and it's they're hugging and they got on like some crazy robe and this uh, began to influence the way people lived at home. So people at um, people at home uh, begin to want the same thing. So you start getting um, kind of this handcrafted ideas of what good design is. So you have wood and it's carved into the same religious and um, um, excuse me, uh, classical mythology pictures. Um, so, you know, the handles of the chair have lions in them and the, 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 it, the feet of the chair are lion paws and that took to the next level. So then the upholsterer started doing the same thing. So then the upholsterer is covering the sofa or the sitting chair in, I don't know, uh, floral patterns but it can't just be a floral pattern so then there's a little girl sitting on a on a swing on so it just became a lot it became a lot and um there's a square in um vienna uh where you can really see the change um and so they have a lot of the classical influences that were coming from France and Italy and the Latin countries. Uh, but then there became this movement to enjoy the materials. We we're coming out of these industrial revolutions. And there was something, there was a beauty in the actual material and in, 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 and in order, excuse me, I'm stuttering a bit. Uh, and in order to enjoy these materials fully, um, we had to let them breathe and let them live. So if you were going to use uh, brass or um, gold, which I don't think they use so much of, but let's say some type of uh, granite, the granite should be, it can be polished and it can be finished, but the art is in the pattern of the granite. The You start to see a lot of exposed metal and bolts so you start to see the fixtures or the 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 not the fixtures but the the ties of the chair um if it's with screws you you pick a nice screw that speaks to you um door handles so like all these kind of things that you would overlook as a layman but as an architect as a craftsman you spend a lot of time with and rather than making them more floral and more and putting lions and putting deer and putting hunting scenes and and all these things, they begin to uh, remove all of that stuff. Remove all of that stuff. And I think uh, most of the homes we live in today are uh, are in line with with those uh, those uh, early ideas of modernism, at least in the the Western Hemisphere. Um, or the Western, uh, the developed Western world, if you can say that. Um, so while we're going into these next poses, take a second, think about what I just said, uh, and, 
and also draw towards the model. So think about, again, moving away from just drawing what we've been taught to draw and kind of skipping steps, excuse me, again. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't get to drink any coffee or tea before I sat down to do this. Um, so my mouth is a bit dry. But anyway, think about the things in the room. Think about where they are. Um, think about your attachment to them. Think of if you are in a relationship with the model, uh, if they're a family member or a good friend, think about that relationship. Um, yeah, so begin to unsee representationally. Now, that rhymed. It came off wrong, but this is this is uh, live radio. Um, but yeah, just think about those things. Uh, think about the model as a negative space. We often, they are the center of the paper. They are the center of the drawing. But in this case, I would like us to focus on them being the negative space. So where we would normally leave um, the space around them empty, I want us to draw everything around them and leave them empty in the middle, if that makes sense. And then afterwards, we'll draw them. Yes, so we're going to go into um, two times, or four times, excuse me, five minutes next. Um, so model, you can begin to, you can take off your robe, you can get back into position. Um, if you're the drawing a self-portrait, get the mirror at an angle where you can, uh, where it's comfortable and it's not going to fall. And, in, uh, and get your pencils ready. And we're going to begin um, the next pose of five minutes now. So. It's also a good idea um, for the model and the, the muse and the drawer to take a deep breath um, right before you draw. Take like a couple, just like... Inhale, exhale, it like settles everything. Um, it also keeps everything a bit loose. Uh, shake it out. It's always nice to shake out a bit, like shake out your hands, um, shake your feet, uh, flex your toes, kind of die hard style um, before you um, before you settle into a pose. Just that last bit of blood flow um, helps. I've got my notes here in front of me. I didn't follow any of them. Um, I just kind of went on another long rant. Um, I hope it made sense. I hope that I said it clearly. Um, I've got my notes. I just want to make sure I'm, um, I'm with you guys and I'm doing the structure right. So we did, um, we did our intro. Yes. And set up, and we did this week uh, five times two minutes. We ended up taking a ten-minute break. Maybe I thought about maybe adding because there is. 
I don't mind the the empty space, but I think maybe some other people would about adding some some pencil sounds or some pen sounds um to the recordings, but it just seemed a bit what's the word contrived it seemed a bit contrived um maybe as the classes go along, maybe I will also be drawing with you guys, and then it makes it's more natural to have some some sounds of my pen or my pencil um, in the background. I haven't drawn figure drawing in a long time. I stopped making art. Uh, I became more interested in, um, I guess, the uh, the things surrounding the art world uh, more than the creating the art itself. Um, but maybe I'll go back. Everything is in flux. Everything changes with time. Anybody that's a bit older can always attest to that. Okay, model, you should also be thinking about while we're doing this, um, what's falling asleep. All right, so you can already start, begin to think okay my knee my elbow my my fingertips are cramping um so use this first one five minutes doesn't sound like a long time but when you when you're asked to stand still in a room with no clothes on it, it gets a bit long and it gets a bit lonely so it's very important that you go to a, another place and that you take um assessment of of what can be a problem going forward and avoid that and at the same time no superman poses and no mirror posing yeah Okay, so we're coming up on the end of the first um, five-minute pose. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I've... I never know. So we took a, a longer break than normal, um, or not normal, because there is no normal. But we took a 10-minute break, and then we're supposed to do four or five-minute poses. So if you need another break before the 10-minute poses for you or the model, you can take the last five-minute pose uh, and take that break before we go into two 10-minute breaks. Or if you think that you are good and everything's awake, we can just go straight through. So when we get to um, the last five-minute pose, the model can take a five-minute break. You can take a five-minute break, or we can just go through and continue as we've been doing. Make sense. Okay. 
So I'm interested to know what music you guys are listening to, what drawings you're coming up with, if you're drawing at all. Um, I can see that you guys are listening to the episodes. I can't see how long you're listening to the episodes, but I can see somebody's listening. And it'd just be nice to uh, to know uh, how we can improve this session from home. Um, it makes sense to me and my mind uh but maybe maybe there is one thing i'm forgetting to do uh, maybe there's something that can make it better within reason apart from us being in person which is obvious um yeah so model you've got uh, within the second pose you've got three minutes to go So I found this book. Um, so the book is. Uh, so I, I didn't even. I, so I, I talked about the theory behind this uh, Adolf Luce. Luce is uh, L O O S. Um, and this small, small little hundred page book is a translation from, uh, I guess, Southern German. Um, to English um, by, let me get this guy's name for you, Michael Edward Troy. Um, and this uh, translation is called Creating Your Home with Style by Adolf Luce, translated by Michael Edward Troy. And I found this book in the museum in uh, Vienna which I guess it's the design museum or the craft. I think it's design and craft museum is what it translates to. Um, so if you don't know about Vienna, they have a rich history, golden age of uh, design, the same as uh, Denmark does. Um, theirs was uh, preceded the Danish one. They also have a rich history of art. Um, if you think about... Uh, just a lot of things coming out of Vienna in the turn of the turn of the 19th century. You've got your your Freudian theories. You've got a lot of philosophy. You've got a lot of psych, the birth of psycho psychoanalysis. You had this uh, this influenced a lot of the artists there that were studying at the the academy, which is still quite famous. Um, you've got your Klimt. Uh, you've got your Egon Schiele, who was a uh, one of my favorite artist still to this day who was an understudy uh, quite troubled of uh, of Klimt of Gustav Klimt um, they created this uh, Kunsthalle um, which is what you have here in in, in Denmark uh, Charlottenburg and this is basically a concept by which the artist they they don't uh, they don't function as a traditional museum. A traditional museum is there for the um, historic value and learning value of having art. Um, so they archive things. A Kunsthalle, one of its biggest things, there is no archive. The show goes up, it comes down, and it goes wherever it goes. It goes to another Kunsthalle, 
Um, now it's a bit more formal. It, it usually will go to another Kunsthaler, back to the museum it's borrowed from. A lot of the student shows will always happen at the Kunsthaler, which is why Charlotte Chambeau um, always has the student show, because that's what a Kunsthaler does. Um, they're, the one in Denmark is used as also an event um, center um, and an exhibition space in general. But uh, this concept came from Vienna, um, and it came out of these artists studying at the academy who felt, uh, oh, sorry, so model, sorry. So now I got monologuing again. This is the next pose. So um, model, you can switch poses now. And again, take assessment of where you are in the room. If you're the drawer, do the same thing. Uh, remember, keep your chin in the same place. Or make sure your head is always looking at the model and looking back at the page. No turning the head left to right. It's going to skew. What happens when you do that is it's going to skew your perspective. And then you're going to draw what you see. But what you end up drawing is some type of abstraction of the reality. And it's and you think that you're, you're drawing it wrong. But you're not drawing it. It's because you're trying to draw it from multiple angles uh, simultaneously. And you're ending up with a beautiful Picasso when you want a uh, Da Vinci. So keep that in mind. Um, so where was I? I don't know, but that's fine. So this book uh, I picked up in Vienna. Um, I was there for a week, maybe that's five years ago. It doesn't matter. Um, pre pre pandemic, um, and I had. I started with Egon Schiele, who is um, a infamous, famous uh, figure, illustrator, artist from from this time period. They begin to you also have the early kind of thought process of drawing from feeling and drawing emotions, uh, which would evolve into abstract expressionism um, and and be reiterated in. America, um, also Italy, France, so on. But this is uh, Vienna. Um, begin. It didn't begin that necessarily because it was all happening the same. At this, this kind of the same processes were beginning to come up everywhere, um, based on a collective new list of materials and. Um, business being done in a different way, um, life being lived in, in new ways. Um, so that's where a lot of this came out of. So Adolf Luce um, was an architect, as I said, but he wrote for the local newspaper he wrote a column or a local magazine I'm, I, I don't really remember off the top of my head but anyway he wrote a weekly monthly bi-weekly column of some sort in a in a reputable magazine or periodical of some sort so these are the collected store not stories articles that he wrote um, about his thoughts on current fashions or current trends um this one is about the home 
There's also one about the way men should dress. I think there was also one, there was five. Uh, I only, uh, being a broke artist at the time, I only brought, purchased two. Um, so I bought the one about the home and I also uh, bought the one about how men should dress. And he was very, um, hard in his in his language at least the translation it translates to that there was no nuance he had an opinion um it was very biased um but it's quite funny um and that's originally in a quick easy read and that's originally why i um, picked up the book um, okay so now um, we're going to go into the last of the five minute poses so if the model is cold and needs a break uh, don't do the last pose. Take a break. Maybe put them in a corner, let them sit down, put the blanket on, and you can draw them that way. Um, if you need a break or you need a, to do something, you can take the last five minutes of this class to do that. Um, if not, uh, there's going to be no break between these five-minute poses and the longer ten-minute poses. So we're just going to go straight through. So if you don't think you can do that, um, so now, from now, like right now, uh, stop and take a break and get your bearings and get readjusted. And then we'll go into the last longer poses. And the two longest poses or the one long pose, we do two times 10 minutes with no break in between. Or if you're up for it and you need more time, you can just take the last 20 minutes and do it that way. Uh, and as I said before, over the course of the next month, I've invited some guests who are illustrators and artists in their own right who draw from life, um, nude or otherwise, to uh, assist me in this last, these last uh, 20 minutes of the course. So if you'd like to hear from them, uh, please keep an ear out. Um, they're coming. They're very, very talented. They draw better than I ever could. Um, and they know more than I ever will about um, modeling and drawing from the model. So I'm very interested to invite them here. Uh, also something that we probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, so there is a silver lining or um, throughout these new times, the idea that you can sit at your home. And I mean, not in the same way, but still experience a bit of what we do at Epsilon and we at Epsilon can reach out across the water to uh, have people on. I don't know if they would have been as receptive to participate in this form of life drawing had it not been for a global pandemic. I think we've begun to change the way we do things. We've begun to change the way we interact with people um, by necessity. And what we're learning is that a lot of things uh, weren't necessary, necessarily. Um, sorry, I couldn't avoid that one. It just came out. Um, say it three times fast. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. Hope you guys are excited about it. Keep tuning in. Um, please write to us, radio at epsiloncph.dk. Um, I'm Brandon Show. I DJ here on the channel. Um, I'm also the program director. So coming out with new content is something we work on on a daily basis. 
I knew when we got approved for this radio station that this was something that I definitely, definitely, definitely uh, wanted on the radio. Uh, so for me, it's already already a success just having the radio go live, having you guys listening at home and participating. Um, scrolling through social media gets a bit boring. Um, so it's nice to use the thumb in a new way, at least for an hour, I think, at least. Okay, so we got two minutes to go, a little less than two minutes to go on this break. Um, and I'll begin reading, I guess I'll give you the page number I'm reading from. And uh, then a bit of context. So he, like I said, a very opinionate, opinionated man of the town in Vienna um, in the early 1900s, writing about the way he thinks or the, the the movement of fashion and style and architecture in this uh, city that he loves. Um, I don't know much about his um, background. Like, I don't know if he grew up in Vienna. Um, I, they mention it a bit in the book, um, but nothing more than your usual working class, uh, poor um, family um, who became obsessed with design and architecture. So the classic Hollywood success story, I guess. I don't know. Okay, so I've got to sneeze. Hold on. Oh, live radio, right? Um, so 10 seconds, we're going to go into, for some of you, what will be one long 20-minute pose, and for others will be two 10-minute poses, beginning now. So model, deep breath, draw a deep breath, exhale, shake out the limbs, uh, smack your biceps, smack your thighs like a, I don't know, a power lifter, because you're in for it. This is the long one. Um, if you're laying down at this one, this is also fine. I think typically when I took a life drawing class, the last pose was 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and the model was probably laying down in some way. And that's okay. Uh, um, if you are laying down or if they are laying down, make sure that the, that you can still see their whole body. Um, so sometimes when you lay down on a comforter, it will kind of like lift up on the edges quite natu naturally, and it will end up like, um, covering the part of the foot that you want to draw, or you can't see the belly button anymore, or some, some version of that. So if that's not what you want, if you want that, fine. If you don't want that, make sure that when they lay down that you, uh, fix the mattress underneath them. And also don't let them lay down on just the hard floor. Um, this is not a Abramovich trial of performance art. Nobody should be being tortured. This is comfortable. This is life drawing. This is comfort of your home. Um, okay, so from the book. Um, so this is the introduction written by the translator. Um describing Adolf Luce. Uh, so Adolf Luce was 
and is primarily known as, the, as an architect. Uh, a significant singular phenomenon who certainly did not follow any fashionable trends. On the contrary, he vigorously opposed most of them in a word and deed, steadfastly pursuing the path he considered the right one, despite all opposing. Um, so that's just reiterating what I have been trying to explain on and off for the last hour now. Um, <laughs> his essay, Ornament and Crime, written in 1908, probably his best known work, was greeted with great disdain and ridiculed by a public that had the, at the time was enamored by embellishments on virtually everything. Even though this work has endured and still influences many architects and designers, it also has proved to be a hindrance in obtaining a more complete picture of, of this multifaceted individual. For decades, Luce was only associated with his derisive, divisive opposition to ornamentation, a view that has distracted from his true significance as an architect, designer, teacher, and intellectual. Again, what I think I explained, um, there's a quote from him uh, here, which is pretty good on page 11. Um, Do not be afraid of being called old-fashioned. Changes to the traditional way of building are permissible only if they represent an improvement. Otherwise, leave everything as it is. Um, so he, again, didn't believe in the idea of adding ornamentation for ornamental sake. So don't adorn things just because the adornment, because uh, you can. Um, if the adornment or the ornamentation or the ornament does not add to the object, um, leave it off, leave it out. Um, he thought it was quite tacky and I think he thought that um, it was pretending uh, and that the person was pretending to be something that they were not um, okay so page 13 he writes the poor public they collectively are not allowed to furnish apartments on their own. That would lead to an utter confusion and nonsense. They just do not know how to do it. An apartment with style, that unique achievement of the 19th century, requires exceptional knowledge and great skill. This was not always the case. Up to the beginning of the century, 19th, people were hardly troubled by such super... Oh my goodness, some of these words. All right. People were hardly troubled by such superf superfluous. All right. This was not always the case. Up to the beginning of the century, people were hardly troubled by the superfluous considerations. They purchased their furniture from a carpenter, their wallpaper from an upholsterer, their light fixtures from the brass founder, and so on. But all this surely could not match. Maybe not. But that was not something taken into account. In those days, people furnished their rooms in much the same way we dress today. We buy our shoes from the shoemaker, jacket and vest and trousers from the tailor, 
collar and cuffs from the shirt maker, a hat from the hatter, and our walking stick from the wood turner. Not one of these craftsmen is acquainted with others, and yet all these things match. Why? Because they all work in the accepted style of 1898, and that is how the craftsmen in the furnishing industry used to work, all following a common style, the contemporary modern style. Um, which is funny because uh, we've moved away from that. Um, now I'm just putting my own two cents in. It's funny that we've moved away from having these craftsmen that sell us everything individually. And then we moved to um, having these all-in-one stores and these malls and so on and so forth throughout the 60s and 70s. Um, and we may be on the verge of moving back. Perhaps, I mean... If uh, if we continue the limitations of big groups um, post whatever this pandemic holds, we may see um, a rise in smaller brick and mortar specialized stores again. Um, who knows? I mean, everything's being bought online. Um, so who knows if that's the case? But who knows who will make the adjustment first? We'll the big big retailers make the adjustment um, or will they begin to again move into these smaller spaces? Okay. So I'm going to continue on page 15. Not for long though, the posterer who did not receive too much attention as he really had much to do over the past centuries, could hardly be told to copy old originals. He therefore quickly realized that this was to his advantage and put countless new styles on the market. These were pieces of furniture so completely upholstered that the carpenter's woodwork could no longer be seen. They were received with great enthusiasm. The public was fed up with the public was fed up with archaeology uh, brouhaha and more than happy to finally have furniture in their homes that re represented their times. The upholsterer had quickly capitalized on his advantage. This upright fellow who in the past diligently piled away with his needles or stuffed mattress, mattress now let his hair grow long, put on a velvet jacket, wore a flowing necktie around his neck, and became an artist. On his nameplate, he replaced the word upholsterer with interior designer. It had the right, it just had the right ring to it. And so began the dominance of the upholsterer, a reign of terror that still gives us nightmares, filled with skills, uh, excuse me, filled with silks, filled with silks, satins, uh, mar marquette bouquets, um, dust, and a lack of fresh air door curtains, carpets, and the like. Thankfully, this craze has passed. Um, so a Marquette bouquet is um, apparently the uh, fake silk bouquets that were apparently made uh, popular at the time. Um, so he's kind of talking about uh, why we, why he doesn't think we should have ornamentation covered, covering everything anymore. And he's talking about how... Um, the posterer who really had nothing to do, a simple task, 
then became the uh, center of the home because uh, people wanted to cover, they wanted their wallpaper to match their sofa and their sofa arm to match the sofa and the sofa to match, I don't know, the arm, I don't know. So everything needed to match and the easiest person to do that was the upholsterer. All right, so um, I didn't realize it would take me so long to read, but uh, we're moving into the final 10 minutes of the class. Um, maybe maybe we'll, we will uh, revisit this book later. I guess I could have started reading earlier. I just thought 20 minutes was a lot of time, but we live and we learn on live radio. Um, so I'll go through some more of this book. Maybe it'll come back. But the point is that you guys draw what's in your room just as much as you draw the model today and keep it in mind when you draw. You don't have to just draw the model all the time. Um, all right, so he goes on to say about the carpenters at the time. As a result, the carpenter was given a new guardian the architect. He was well acquainted with all the relevant literature and therefore could, with surprising facility, carry out his diverse commi diverse commissions in any desired style. You fancy a Baroque bedroom? You covet a Chinese spittoon? He will build you a Chinese spittoon. He can do anything and everything in any style. He can recreate any object or article from any age or nation. The fascinating secret behind this astonishing productive ability lies in a sheet of tracing paper with which, after receiving a commission, he dutifully trots off to the library of, of the University of Applied Arts, assuming he has not run up a major debt with his bookseller for library of his own. That very afternoon, he is already at his drawing board, bustling, tracing, and outlines of the Baroque bedroom or the Chinese spittoon. So it's about how architects at the time were just asked to um, duplicate the fashions of the world rather than um, their own interpretations. And that's kind of what he was uh, the uh, anti to or the counter to. Okay. So he talks about uh, the curtains in the room and back to the um, the upholsterer but pity the poor room when the fishnet curtains and the potrateurs had to be taken down for cleaning no one could endure the barren and bleak room and the lady of the house was embarrassed to the deepest depths of her soul should a visitor have come during the period when the room's coziness was having the dust beaten out of it Our carpenter speaks German, the German spoken in Vienna of 1989, excuse me, of 1898. Do not call him stupid or gosh because he cannot speak middle high German, French, Russian, Chinese, and Greek as well. It is true he cannot. He is also somewhat out of practice in his own tongue since for the past 50 years he has been compelled to parrot every idiom dictated to him. Therefore, do not demand an immediate virtuoso command of his native language give him time to reacquire its to reacquire it gradually 
which I think is a good sentiment. So it's about um, these architects in an effort to stay relevant, had to duplicate the language of these other cultures that were popular at the time, and then being asked to have their own opinions about their own style based on their own culture and their own design, because they had technically been speaking in uh, other languages um, throughout the uh, 19th century. And it would take them time to create their own way of seeing. Do you guys see the parallel yet? Uh, it's pretty obvious. So while you're sitting there in your room, don't try to draw in a Roman style. Don't try to draw in ancient Greek style. Don't try to draw in Picasso style. Try to draw in your own style. And it is going to take you time because you only know those styles. You only know what you've been exposed to. And until you are drawing or illustrating or if you're making contemporary art, until you're doing it for a long time, you won't know your influences. And you won't know if they're genuine. Um, you won't know your references. So it's important that you use the references in your room right now um, the things that you own, the things that you've bought, even if they are from another time, the things that you love, the things that you deal with every day, and let those be your reference points. And if you do know the model, let the model in the room be the reference point. Even if you don't know the model, they are your reference point. What do they look like right now? How is the light hitting them right now? Not how did it hit the Renaissance paintings of Leonardo? How does it look in the Sistine Chapel. And of course, the outsider or the, um, the person from outside will always see uh, those other styles as, as better uh, because that's the way we've been taught. They'll always see those as more representational. But it's important that when you're home and you're drawing for yourself and it's just for yourself and it's not for an art exhibition or uh, a, a patron it's important to use this time to find out your way of drawing your style and I'm here to let you know without even seeing it that it's good it's really good um, it's fine and it's the way you see the world um, it's the way that uh, you interpret your room it's the way that you interpret the model and that is the goal of a life drawing session or a life drawing class. Um, don't uh, don't be Da Vinci. Be you. Oh, that was super cheesy. I should shut up now. Okay, so we've <laughs> we've got um, three minutes to go. Um, model. Oh, you got three minutes to go uh, in the class. Um, I apologize for my scratchy voice. Um, I ran in here and started recording. Um, so if I sound unprepared, I apologize for it. Um, but it's live radio and it should be live and it shouldn't be too pretentious and it shouldn't be too over polished. So as I said before, we're going to have some guest um, teaching um, and interviewing them the ne next coming weeks. It may not be the next class next week, but it will be um, within the next couple of classes. Um, so tune in for that. 
Um, I'll let you know who they are as uh, as I know who they are. Um, I'm working on it at the moment. If you haven't already, check out some of our other programming. And going forward, I also will be working on making um, more uh, art-based um, content for the radio channel. Um, and, and some of it's going to get pretty abstract. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're going to do some soundscaping and uh, we're going to experiment with some things called um, radio dramas as done by a good uh, friend who's an artist. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much right now um, because it's, it's informal at the moment as uh, Alex comes in and loudly sets up his computer. Um, yeah, so a bit of noise pollution, but that's okay. That's okay. We're coming to the end of the class anyway, and you probably can't hear it over the music you're listening to. So, one minute to bay, one minute to go. Um, model, thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to Epsilon Radio. Thank you for joining our life drawing session for this week. Um, this will re-air uh, on Friday this week if you miss it. If you missed, well, if you're if you missed it, then you already missed it. But if you caught it in the middle, I guess, and you want to hear it again, uh, it will be uh, re-aired on Friday through the channel. Also, at some point in the next week, it will be archived, as it always is, um, on our Spotify and iTunes. So, with that, I'll say goodbye. If you want to find the, the book I read from, it's a really good, quick read. Like I said, a hundred and hundred and some odd pages. Uh, it's a translation of Adolf Loos. Adolf Loos is L-O-O-S, Creating Your Home with Style. It's one of five translations done by, um, got to look up the name again, sorry, uh, Michael Edward Troy. Yeah. So, thanks for joining us. Goodbye.